Good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. Oh, you guys are well versed in that. My dad wakes up at like, I don't know, 3.30, 4.00 in the morning, because that's what happens when you get older, apparently. And he texted me that this morning. When he got up, he is risen. And my response was, not yet. Because <laughs> my alarm was set for 7.30, but I happily texted him back at 7.30. Well, it's great to have you here with us at Genesis. And we're here to celebrate Easter and to celebrate family. And one of the ways that we get to do that this morning is through a baby dedication. So I would like to invite Chris and Amy and Brayden to come up. Please welcome the Inman family. Braden Lee, there's so much we'd like to convey and express to you, and it's all hard to put into words. Nevertheless, we'll try. Ultimately, the most important thing we want you to know is you're loved. You are fully and completely loved. You are important and valued and worthy of unconditional, relentless love simply for your existence on this earth. Our biggest hope for you is that you will come to know this truth deep within your soul for all the days of your life especially on the days when it feels like your worth is in question, whether that's self-imposed or pressed upon by others. We hope that you're strong, resilient, and brave, but also know the power of gentleness <laughs> and vulnerability. That it's okay to be proud, but we always caution you against envy and arrogance. We pray that you never lose your sense of wonder that you remain ever curious, questioning, and keen to learn, and just as eager to make mistakes and grow through them. Although I'm still a work in progress myself, never be afraid to admit when you've been wrong, apologize easily, genuinely, and never let your pride hold you back from mending what's broken. We pray you learn to hold space for the great paradoxes of life that you will inevitably experience. Pain and sorrow, love and loss, gentleness and strength, celebration and grief. All the sweet as well as the bitter that makes life brutal, beautiful, and true. We hope you see it all, feel it all, and revel in it all. Sweet Brady Poo, we hope that as you come to know your inherent love and goodness, that you will grow to acknowledge and honor that love and goodness in each and every one you encounter. We hope that you will give your love freely and easily, and we hope that you will protect your love if anyone tries to harm it. There's a delicate balance to this, but a good rule to follow is it's always better to have loved generously than to have not loved enough. One of mommy's favorite authors says, be brave because you're a child of God and be kind because everyone else is too. This is largely what we hope for you, Brayden, to go out into this world brave, courageous, and free to be fully you because you are a child of God but do not let this honor go to your head and make you entitled or haughty. We are all from the divine and are made in the image of God, even when you can't see it. Therefore, always, always, always be kind. We love you immensely, Brayden, and we are so grateful you're ours. We commit to you that we will do our best as your parents to show you unconditional love and acceptance. 
And although we will get many things wrong time and time again, we promise to learn and grow right along with you as we all work to become the best version of ourselves and to be proof of God in us until our earthly tour is over and we unite again in the heavens. We love you, Brayden Lee. May you go through this life brave because you're a child of God and kind because everyone else is too. Step right up in this little gap here, and I'd like to invite the Inman family, if you're willing to come forward. Church, if you could stand. And for those of you that are connected to the Inmans, I'd invite you to come forward. We're going to pray a blessing over this family. So come on forward. And for those of you that, are, that don't know them, you're part of our church community, um, I invite you from where you are just to extend your hand out like this. It's nothing... Uh, too supernatural. It's just our body kind of mimicking what, what our hope is for them, that, that God's spirit and favor would come to them. So let me pray. So Lord, we, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you, and Braden is that. And so we say thank you. We start from that place. You've given him breath, you formed him when he was in Amy's womb. And you've sustained him. And now we ask, Lord, that your spirit would fill him and that he would know and radiate love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. And we ask, God, that you would call him by name as he grows in wisdom and in stature. And we ask God that Braden would be a beacon of hope and light to his generation, to his family. And so God, we give you praise. We ask Lord that you would equip Chris and Amy for what it is to be his parents and to be godly examples for him. And so I ask, Lord, that your spirit would just come and saturate this family. I pray that you would renew their joy every morning. And may Braden be a gifted, wonderful human who is brave and who is kind. And may your name become more famous because of it. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We have a little uh, Jesus' storybook Bible for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Give them a hand. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. It's got to turn upright so I can read it. So everybody, uh, the inspiration, I wrote, a, I wrote a poem for Easter. It's called The Meaning of Easter. And um, the inspiration for this poem came after uh, watching the movie Coda, which won the best picture 
And it also is inspired by uh, the fact that I had a brain tumor a long time ago and recovered from it. And during that recovery, um, something supernatural happened. And I just, it's in this poem too. So I wanted to uh, share it with the church. Smiles, laughter, dancing, and joy. There's no denying it's love we employ. That energy from within that radiates out, that connects us to others and leaves no doubt. We cannot see it or touch it with our hands, yet it joins us all with heavenly strands. A glorious matrix that is hard to describe since its properties reflect the one who's on high. A song that resounds from a singer on a stage. It floats through the air and travels within, delivering a message that always has been. It resonates in our soul and touches something deep, moving our hearts and making us weep. A truth so assuring it can't be denied, since the tears welling up won't be defied. But there is something else that lives with us here. It's in us and around us, and it isn't sincere. It wants what it wants, no matter the cost, like a stain on our soul that needs to be washed. It separates us from each other and from the source of the love, the life that we long for that comes from above. Our creator allows it because he gives us a choice to choose good or evil, we must give our voice. He doesn't coerce us or force us to obey. He simply invites us to follow his way. It wouldn't be love if you were forced to comply, so we live with the choices that have led us awry. You see, we have all made choices. We surely can't pay. I, I'm sorry. And the, you see, we all have made choices that have led us astray, and the cost for those choices we surely can't pay. The cost can be seen on big screens and small. The suffering is so great, it impacts us all. So what's there to celebrate when the pain is so great? That a way has been made, he's opened the gate. On Easter, we celebrate because he has risen, enabling us to be freed from our earthly prison. The one who was scourged and nailed to a cross spit on and scorned and counted as lost, whose closest of friends all turned away and left him alone on that oh-so-dark day. He rose from the grave and overcame death, allowing hundreds to see him as he drew in life's breath. We celebrate today the one who, is tr who truly frees us, the one above all others, the glorious Jesus. Thank you. Good morning. I'm going to invite you to stand and worship with us.
Good morning and happy Easter. So this morning we have a baptism. And what you're going to witness is right up in here in that opening and on the screen is Macy Kennedy getting baptized. And in that area with the light on is a, is a pool. It's a baptismal and it's filled with hundreds of gallons, I hope, of warm water. But it is enough to get fully wet, to get fully submerged. And so that's what's going to happen this morning. So Macy is going to step into that waters, and Manya is going to assist her. And Macy's going to be dunked down in water, and she's going to be lifted out of water. And you're kind of like, what's the deal with that? And so what is beautiful, yeah, a number of us have done that. For some, it happened at, at birth or shortly after. And for others, it's like, no, it happened later in life for us. But in it, there is a statement that is being made. Jesus said, hey, be baptized in my name. And what those waters represent, what those waters are like, is that when Macy's going to go down into that water, it's like life is ending in a way, meaning that she is being, she's remembering that Jesus died. And we remember that. So that water is like, it was like a grave. And Macy's being buried. And she goes down into the water and she's remembering and believing. Jesus died. Jesus died for all of our sin. Jesus died as obedience to God to show God's love to this world. Jesus took on all of the evil of the world that was thrust upon him. So Macy is being dunked into the water like a grave. But she is being lifted out. In the same way that we're celebrating this morning that Jesus rose from the dead. And so in this, Macy, in a way, through this, this act, through this symbol, was saying, oh, I believe this. Count me with Jesus. I believe in Jesus' death and resurrection. In a way, Macy is saying, yes, these are mine now. Jesus has died for me, and all my sin is covered. And the life that Jesus has is now mine. Life forever. It is beautiful. It is powerful, and it is really cool. And so Macy Kennedy's going to be baptized, but her and her mom, Jess, they kind of just shot a little video so you can hear from her about what this means. So let's watch Macy's video, and then she is going to be baptized.
stand with us as we sing about the goodness of God.
Good morning, church. My name is Liv. Welcome to Genesis. Happy Easter. We are so glad you're with us this morning, joining us for Easter service, especially if you're a first-time visitor here with friends and family. I know there's a number of you. Uh, we've already had a baby dedication. <laughs> we've had a baptism. We've had moving worship today. Um, it's a good day. We're going to be celebrating uh, the resurrection of our Savior King. So uh, we're thankful we're able to do that together. Please do take a moment to let us know that you're here or your prayer requests. There are either physical uh, green cards uh, in the back of your pews, which you can fill out and turn in at the back of the lobby in the wooden box, or you can go right to our website. There's a digital connection card uh, from Genesis homepage, and we'd love to stay connected with you that way. Fun fact, Genesis has a daycare that has been serving the families of the Royal Oak area for 39 years. Uh, the Olive Branch Daycare's annual flower sale has started, and it's running for only two weeks. So there's this handy-dandy uh, form that's in the lobby on the coffee bar in a basket or on the, the counter itself. They are due next Sunday, or you have to mail them to Olive Branch before April 27th. And the flower pickup will be here on the Saturday before Mother's Day. I've gotten these flowers for several years. They're awesome. So I would highly encourage you uh, to join in this fundraiser for our daycare. Another fun fact, Macy, who got baptized, her mom, Jessica Kennedy, is the director at Olive Branch. So we are a big family here, and let's support the daycare as part of our uh, Mother's Day activities. Uh, we have these little spice rubs. So... When I release you for connection time, your littles, there's a couple more here that you're going to grab. Bo promises he's going to explain what these are, but you are encouraged to pick them up and they can participate as, they are, as the kids are joining us here in the service. We are also having communion later in the service. There are some extra baskets here at the sound uh, board and in the back in the lobby. If you can grab one of those to have those handy with us and we'll partake of those together. So that's all for the announcements. We want to release you for connection time. Stand up, say hi to one another, one another, and uh, share an Easter tradition, and we will resume our service. Thank you.
Good morning. Welcome again, and thank you so much for being with us this morning. Happy Easter. Usually there's a little, you know, repeat and answer, a little shout. We say, he is risen, and then everyone shouts it back. He has risen indeed. Oh, you guys already know it, all right? So, I mean, we have to at least shout it once or twice today. He has risen. Well done. So, um, this morning we're following through the lectionary, which is a set pattern of readings, and this is the reading for today. It is about the resurrection of Jesus, and it's in Luke chapter 24, just verses 1 to 12. They'll be behind me on the screen if you want to read along, but here is the story. This is immediate, this is the first encounter, the first news that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. On the first day of the week, that was Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day he be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, the disciples, to all, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen laying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the first account, the first written account of what happened as Jesus rose from the dead. Early in the morning, the women ran to the tomb and they took spices with them. Now, they took these spices with them because they wanted to, it says they wanted to anoint the body. But what they were doing is that in their time, because when someone died, they would put all sorts of spices on them to help with the smell after they died. Because after death, the body begins to decompose. And as it decomposes, it smells. And it was a way to honor the person and to honor their body. And so because they didn't get a chance to do this properly right after Jesus died, because it was a big festival and it was a day of rest, they had to wait. So immediately at first light, they took all of their spices and their spice mix, and they went to pour it over Jesus' body so that it wouldn't smell for decay. And so, young people, I have given out a spice mix to all of the young people. And no, we're not making a barbecue rub. <laughs> but I do need your help. I need to gather all the spices and we need to pour them into this big basin. I have researched a spice mix that will cover up the stench of death. And you have it. So would you come forward with your spice mixes and pour every bit of it into this. 
Yeah, dump it out. What do you think it smells? Yeah, yeah, pour it in here. Come around here on all sides. Fill this out. No, Ava, you need a big one too. I need those other two. We're going to need every drop of spice for this to work. These have been portioned out perfectly. It smells pretty good right now. Woo, it's kind of dusty. Pour the whole thing in. We need it all. We need it all. Dump it in. This has been thoroughly researched. I don't know how much this costs. We spare no expense on Easter. Dollar Tree spices. Who still has spices? Who has spices to drop in? Yeah, drop. Oh, we don't need the bucket. We just need the spice. Um, you can just throw those to the side, or you can um, throw them in the trash. It is cinnamon and oregano. Yep. We were afraid to give you cayenne. Oh, good job. Dump it all in here. Now, in the Bible, it says that when a couple of the guys had spices, they had 75 pounds of them. All right, we're doing good. We're doing good. Keep on dumping. Keep on dumping. I've got a couple ladles in here. Come up here on the sides. Fill this in. Once you've dumped, I need somebody to do some stirs. How old are you? Eight. Eight stirs. Dump them in. In here, all the spices. Wait, how old are you? Thirteen stirs then. And for you, how old are you? Five. Five stirs counterclockwise. <laughs> Has everybody dumped? Keep on coming. We need it all for this to work. Now, I told you that this has been thoroughly researched to cover up the stink of death. And I'm going to test it, and we're going to prove it here this morning. Who in, now I need people to nominate people here. Who, who in your, does anybody in here have someone in your family who has a big problem? Stinky feet. So, if you could nominate, I just need to know whose feet in here smell like death. I see a number of people pointing, of people who are being nominated. I need some confirmation. Yeah, we, we, that does not cover stinky diapers. This doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't work for poop. All right. Okay, did we get them all in? Good job, good job, stirred. You need to stir it more, you think? Yeah. All right. Give it, you want to stir too? Uh, how old are you? Eight stirs then. All right, do we have someone who says we, this is really a problem in our house? This needs to be solved. Nate? Okay, Nate, are you willing? Can we test you? So, Nate, if you could, are you, can you take off your socks and shoes, please? This is proven to work. Goodness. It smells like grass clippings. It's so bad, I almost have to smell it again. Have you ever smelled anything like that? You're like, it's bad, all right? 
Um, let's take off both shoes and socks. Wow, that, I can still smell it. It's clearing my sinuses. And Nate, if you would just step in here in your bare feet. Let's just get it covered up. There you have it. I think it's work, folks. Thank you. Let's get a smell here. Anyone want to test his feet? Anybody want to give a test smell? Come on up here, Libby. What do you think? Has it worked? <laughs> Nate, thank you. Thank you. Okay. If anybody would like those, hate it to go to waste. It is a mixture of cinnamon and oregano. So they took this huge spice mix to anoint Jesus' body because the smell. And in decaying bodies, death, it reeks. But they showed up to do this. But they couldn't do it. It wasn't there. There was no body. And they were so alarmed. Because they came there to love Jesus, to honor his body. But his body wasn't there. And they waited, and the angel showed up and announced to them, don't you remember? He's not here. He's risen from the dead. And they remembered. In the Psalms, there's this beautiful promise of God. In Psalm 16, it says this, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you, this is God, will not Abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. There was this promise that many couldn't even fathom. One where God's faithful one, where God's savior would conquer death and not see decay. Because he would raise from the dead. God always answers his promises. And this was a promise of God that he would conquer death. God keeps his promises even when it involves things that seem impossible. Would you turn to the person next to you and just say, God keeps his promises. Even when they're hard, he keeps them. And he promised the Savior would come and the Savior would not see decay. He would die, he would suffer, but he raised to life in the fullness of his body. And God keeps his promises. He keeps his word to us. God's plans have not been derailed. Jesus was raised from the dead. Will you say it again? God keeps his promises. And we're celebrating that today. And not only that, they're there. Right? They're there to anoint a body, to put those spices on the body of Jesus. And he's not there because he was raised from the dead. And they didn't know what was going on. 
And you have to just think that those angels were sitting up there with God or wherever they are, and they're like, go let us tell them. Go let us tell them. Let us be. At this point, no one who was living knew this. The most amazing thing had ever happened. Death had been defeated and nobody knew it. And they're asking, oh, let us tell somebody. Let us tell somebody. Let us tell somebody. And so the angels show up in the tomb. And these are the words they say. I think this is important for us. Because today we're remembering that God keeps his promises. But here's what's so important. They show up and they say this. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then here in verse 8 it says this. Then they remembered his words. They remembered what Jesus said. That Jesus had told them that this would happen. Even though Jesus said it again and again, they couldn't remember. But they finally remembered. Remembering of the words of Jesus. And when they remember, everything changes. And life was so much larger than they thought. When life is hard, oh, we're in the midst of in the, the muck and the hardness of life. Going about those days. And these ladies were that. They were engaged in the hard. They were living in the full reality that the one that they loved had died. And they show up in the hard. And the angels say to him, do you remember what he said? He's risen. Remember what he said. And they remembered the words of Jesus. Hey, for those of us who are living today, and we're showing up in the hard, and you're in your hard right now, the heart of COVID, the heart of life, the heart of sickness, the heart of friends or making friends in school, the heart of just of life, and you're showing up. How do we make it? Those angels reminded these women who were showing up in the heart saying, remember the words of Jesus. He keeps his promises. Remember his words. So when you think about what you know what Jesus has said, which ones are etched in your heart? What words do you remember? What things that Jesus has said do you remember that are whispered to you again and again and again? For me, it's this one. Jesus, before he was crucified, before he died, before he left, he said this, do not be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you where there are many rooms. If this were not the case, I wouldn't have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place so that where I am, you can be with me. And you know the way to be with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone, or I am the way to that, and anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I've gone to prepare a place for you. 
So where I am, you can be. Those words to me are the ones that I remember. And God's saying, I have got you. Trust in me. In the heart, may you remember the promises of Jesus. May you remember the words of Jesus. And may they expand everything you know. So today, here is a little bit of homework when you think about God keeps his promises. And the words of Jesus are filled with these beautiful promises of his love, of his forgiveness, of his care, of his not abandoning us. When you think of the words of Jesus, what do you remember? What words fill your mind and your heart? And so today, as you're sitting there, I want you to share it with somebody. Share it at the table at Easter. Share it at the meal. Share it in the afternoon. Share it in the car ride home. What words of Jesus do you remember? Remember what he said. This is how we continue to make it in the heart, because God keeps his promises. Remember what he said. And for me, it gives me hope. But this isn't the only part of this story. The other part is this. When others try to tell other people about that Jesus rose from the dead, it was hard to believe. It sounded like nonsense to them. They couldn't fathom. They couldn't believe it. And even Peter ran ahead, ran into the tomb and saw the linens just laying there. And he wondered to himself, what could this mean? Even though Jesus had told him again and again. This truth of Jesus rising from the dead, it is hard. This is hard stuff. And in the first account, we see the people who were the closest to Jesus didn't believe it. Now they do eventually, but it's hard. So if you find yourself skeptical, even, even here today and saying, ah, Bo, it sounds a bit like nonsense, that is okay. God is so patient and kind and good. In this story, the first account, we have a group of people who were the closest to Jesus and said, this sounds like nonsense. God's kind. And if you're there, you can be there. But I ask you this, just wonder a bit more. For whatever wondering there is, like Peter, who ran ahead, looked at it again, and wondered. May you wonder. And we pray that in God's kindness and his goodness. And God says this, hey, these ideas and these truths are really big. But it's the spirit of God who continues to make them open our eyes to them. It's God himself, spirit, who breathes on us this truth, and we believe it. So may you recognize the God who is patient and kind and gracious and gentle and humble towards you. Even at this moment, you're like, this sounds too good to be true that a God who loves us and who has conquered death. But may you wonder, and may the God of all open our eyes. So let's pray. And in this day, we want to celebrate. May we celebrate the God who keeps his promises to conquer death and to cover sin. May we celebrate as we remember all the words of Jesus, but also remembering a God who is gracious when we don't believe. 
Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus conquers death and, and covers over sin and death and is raised from the dead. And like Macy demonstrated in her baptism, that we too can experience this new life in you, that you will not abandon us in the grave, that you, God, will give us life now, and that we, God, would be able to share your love and your kindness and goodness in these days to come, that we would be able to announce to this world that you do love us and care for us and can be trusted with our futures, with our todays, with our tomorrow. Thank you, God, for your hope, and thank you for Jesus, who has raised from the dead. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to take communion together. And so if you didn't get a chance to grab one of the packets, the communion elements... We don't have any more up there, but we have them some right there by the soundboard in the back. And if you need one, we welcome you, everyone, to participate in this. And so the scriptures tell us that on Easter morning, as we just read, that the women ran to the tomb and found it empty. They returned to the disciples and told them what they'd heard and seen, but Peter was the only disciple to believe them. The text says that Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Can you picture that too? Peter running to this tomb. With every step, praying, let it be true, let it be true. Peter desperately hoping that Jesus would again be around every corner. And so sometimes when we come to this table, let's call it a table because we're going to eat a piece of bread and drink a little bit of juice. And sometimes when we come to this together, we too are praying with every step running to get there, desperate to feel something holy, praying that we will see Jesus around every corner. And other times, our spirits are still, and we find ourselves slowly and calmly returning to this table. And so no matter how you feel today, whether you're running to get here, whether you're desperate and hungry for a spiritual experience, or whether you're unsure and moving slowly, know that there is room for you here. The table is an expansive table. There's a seat for everyone. There's food for everyone. There is love for everyone. There's no scarcity here because this is God's table. And so all are welcome. It is good enough news. You might even want to run. So if you want to open this up, we're going to, I just open the juice. We're going to, let's take the bread or the little cracker. And before we take this, I just want to pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, and you may, you may know it. And if you don't, just listen and let the words um, be prayed for you and with you. If you have a different version, feel free to pray the version that you know. It's called the Lord's Prayer. So would you pray this with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. Your will be done on 
earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God, thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you, you came for us. And in your brokenness, you went into the grave, but you rose from the dead with an undestructible, an indestructible life that you say is ours now by trusting in you. So we eat of you. So let's eat. And Jesus, when he was with his disciples before his death, he took wine and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of a new covenant, a new relationship in God that brings the forgiveness of sins. So God, we thank you and we praise you that the forgiveness of sins are found in you. And that you can speak over us definitively from all time. You are forgiven. You have the authority to do that. And you have spoken it. And to that we drink to that good news that you forgive us. Thank you, God. Amen. And as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the life that's found in Jesus, we're going to sing a song together. So would you stand and sing?
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we thank you all for coming out and uh, uh, we do, we forgot to talk about the offering. Uh, we do have a box in the back as you're going out. If you've offering and would like to leave it there, you can give online, text, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, this church, we try to follow the spirit and, and there's a little story of something that just happened. One of you, I don't know who it was, but living in the senior center, uh, met a woman in that center and shared with her about what was going to take place today. And she walked over here with her clothes so she can get baptized. And I talked with her. She's been following Christ for a long time. I mean, she was into the worship, dancing like she was a child of the 60s like me. And and she is so excited. And so we've got it all set up. We're going to have a spontaneous second baptism here. And, and you know, some of you haven't been baptized before. And this sister, she just realized she hadn't been baptized and she'd followed Christ. And she wants to give testimony uh, uh, to her commitment in baptism today. So that's coming up in just a minute. But before we go... Um, James, could you come on down here? This is James Harper, dear, dear friend. And um, this is your last Sunday. This is James' last Sunday with us. You know, I cannot think of Genesis without thinking of you. Because you go back before the merger of Genesis and First Baptist Royal Oak. You were part of it. You were part of inspiring the whole movement coming together. You've been here testifying, singing, sharing the word, and all that. And so you're going to Milwaukee. I, I, I know that's going over to the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but uh, we got a gift here, a couple gifts, actually. Uh, one of them is, what is it, Detroit, Detroit Love hat. So you're going to go as our missionary. <laughs> And we expect you to represent, if you know what I mean, okay? You want to put it on there? It's down there? There's some other gifts there, too. But... I thought there'd be like a coney dog in here. No, no, but there you go. Oh, nice. Ah, there you go. Detroit love stocking hat. You know, Milwaukee's kind of like Detroit. This is not a move up for you. Well, it may be professionally, <laughs> but geographically, it's a lateral move. It's, yeah, it's okay, you, you got it. So, yes. so, um, so anyway, we wanna we wanna send you as our dearly beloved uh, missionary to the great state of Wisconsin. And uh, so, uh, let's all stand. And those of you who've especially been close to to James, you know the worship team. Pastors, small group folks, uh, anybody want to come? You saw how we did in the baby dedication. You can, uh, can't all put our, lay our hands on James, but I'm going to pray for James and uh, yeah, come on up. Such a special brother. Is there anything you want to say before we pray? Oh, um, Thank you. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I say a lot from the stage a lot. So uh, I don't have much to say other than, I mean, I've been a part of Genesis now for almost 17 years, um, and uh, you know, this is like, you know, it just—it's such a part of my life. It's going to be weird to be without you guys, and you know, um, so 
thank you if you know for being a part of my life and allowing me to be a part of yours and to sing with me on Sunday. It's one of the greatest joys just to have everybody sing along with you. You know, is it if you haven't led worship before, which I'm sure most haven't, <laughs> um, it's really, you know, it's really a unique experience to have people sing with you. It's such a gift. So thank you for that. Um, and thank, oh, thank you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for our dear brother James. We thank you for for loving him and calling him into your grace. And we thank you for him receiving that grace just as he is, Lord. And we thank you for the word that has come through him in music and in spoken testimony and exhortation. Lord, he has been your messenger of grace to us. And we thank you for how he testifies to that grace. And we pray that as he goes forth to Milwaukee, God, that you would, you would guide his steps uh, be with him, Lord, as he, he begins this new position and, and, uh, and just anoint him there, but also lead him into the community of faith that, uh, can he, where his gifts can be used again and his, his uh, ministry can continue and he can be encouraged and supported. Uh, God, you know the way. Lord, you, you are the pioneer and perfecter of our faith who goes ahead of us. And so as James takes those steps, Lord, following in your footsteps, God, we know that you'll lead him all the way. Lord, surround him with your love and your grace, and may he go in the fullness of the Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus the Christ, the risen Christ. Amen and amen. So you may be seated, and then uh, if you look up, Betty and Manya are in the pool there. We may be, it's kind of hard to see, uh, but we've got the, uh, the zoom there so you can see it. Miss Betty, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Yes, ma'am. And you have to be baptized today. Baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.